Not asking a woman their age is a very good rule to live by. Unless, of course, she turns out to be a murderous, home-wrecking dwarf in her 30s, pretending to be a child. In that case, I think an exception is in order. Welcome to the Dead Harvey Podcast, the podcast for indie horror filmmakers and fans. This is Brad Paulson. Today, I will be talking about Orphan versus Orphan First Kill. These both were fun to watch. I was looking forward to Orphan First Kill coming out again because Orphan, as we know, has one of the greatest twists in movie history. So what's the difference between Orphan and Orphan First Kill? The original Orphan movie is about a loving couple played by Vera Farmiga and Peter Sarsgaard that adopt a girl named Esther. And they take her into their home and she turns out to be crazy, uh, tries to seduce the father and kill the mother and go crazy on the rest of the family. Orphan First Kill takes place two years before the events of Orphan. And it shows how Lena, a 31-year-old patient at the Sarney Institute, stole the identity of a missing Connecticut girl named Esther to become a murderous con artist who lusts after her adopted fathers. Surprisingly enough, this whole orphan story was based off of a true story. I found this article. This is from Unilad. The title of this article is The Chilling Story of the Real-Life Woman Behind the Orphan, uh, written by Aisha Nozari. Okay, here goes. This is crazy, man. The Orphan was undoubtedly one of the naughtiest, most bone-chilling releases, and this week a prequel film called Orphan First Kill hit cinemas more than a decade later. Released in 2009, The Orphan followed Esther, Isabel Furman, a nine-year-old orphan adopted by a loving couple played by Vera Farmiga and Peter Sarsgaard. Long story short, and spoiler warning for those who may not have seen it, Esther actually turns out to be a 33-year-old murderer with a rare hormonal disorder that stunted her physical growth and ends up trying to kill her new parents. Most haunting of all, though, is the fact that Esther's character is actually based on the real-life story of Barbara, uh, I don't, I'm going to mess this up, Skrolova, also 33, who posed as a 13-year-old boy in Norway in an attempt to evade child abuse charges. Skrolova's story starts in 2007 when a man moved into a new home in the Czech Republic and set up a baby monitor so he could keep an eye on his son while he slept. One day, the man's baby monitor malfunctioned and the device picked up images from a camera in a different room, and he was disturbed to see three women torturing two young boys. The man phoned the police who eventually knocked on the door of sisters Clara and Katerina Morova. Despite allowing police into their home, they became uncomfortable when officers attempted to enter the attic. Eventually, police got access to their room and inside discovered two young boys inside an iron cage with horrific wounds. One was unconscious, the other in shock and the attic reeked of blood and urine. Inside the attic, officers also found a 12-year-old girl named Anika, who said she was Clara's adopted daughter. However, after letting Anika out of the house, police soon noticed she disappeared entirely. As it turned out, Anika was actually 33-year-old Barbara Skrolova, who had met Clara and Katerina at a university and convinced the sisters to let her move into their house. It's worth noting that both Clara and Katerina suffered with mental health problems and had strong religious ties, something Barbara is said to have taken advantage of. Barbara managed to convince Clara and Katerina to join a cult called the Grail Movement, which is founded by self-proclaimed messiah Oscar Ernst Bernard and had violent tendencies. Shockingly, under the influence of Barbara and the Grail Movement, Clara and Katerina ended up torturing Clara's young sons, 8-year-old Andre and 10-year-old Jacob. Uh, Jacob subjecting them to whippings, attempted drownings, and sexual abuse. At Claire and Katerina's trial in 2008, the court also heard that the women had partially skinned Andre and eaten his flesh. 
Oh my god, man. Posing as Anita to fool police into letting her out of the house, Barbara fled to Norway in an attempt to evade child abuse charges, and once there, she posed as a 13-year-old boy named Adam. A Norwegian couple ended up adopting Barbara, believing she was a homeless child. For almost a year, she fooled police, child care workers, and teachers in Norway, even attending an Oslo school. School authorities soon started to notice Adam's strange behavior, however, and tips eventually led police to the Arctic city of Tromso, where Barbara was apprehended. She was sentenced to five years behind bars, while Clara was handled a 10-year sentence. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, see, as, like, as crazy as the movie Orphan is, the real story is even more bizarre. And it has a cult angle and stuff, too. It's, wow, this that was creepy. Yeah, so anyways, that's where the, you know, real life is crazier than fiction. And that's where the whole genesis of Orphan is from. That was psychotic. Okay, so let's do some comparisons between Orphan First Kill and Orphan. So in case you're wondering what the big difference is between Orphan and Orphan First Kill, to me, like the real elephant in the room for this one is the time difference in between when these movies were made and the believability, basically the, the suspension of disbelief for both these two. Because Orphan came out in 2009, but Orphan First Kill, the prequel, just came out, so 2022. So 13 years later, Isabella Furman is playing a dwarf pretending to be a little girl. Now, in the original movie, she was 11 when she played a nine-year-old girl. Now, in Orphan First Kill, she was 23 or 24 at the time. And they used, according to Wikipedia, the production crew used a combination of makeup and forced perspective shots to allow Furman to again portray Esther without use of CGI special effects. Two female child actors also served as body doubles for Furman. Furman additionally provided uncredited contributions to the script. So this is the bizarre thing, because... I think the de-aging thing may have looked a little weird, uh, but it may have been necessary for this because you can definitely tell that she's a grown woman, which is just bizarre that they use that for a prequel. Whatever happened to the further adventures? You know, they do it all the time. Further adventures of Freddy and Jason and Michael Myers. <laughs> but it's like Freddy's face is all scarred up. So doing a prequel there, you know, you're not going to notice the aging as much. Jason's got a hockey mask on. His face is all scarred up. And Michael Myers, you barely even see his face. You just only see those creepy eyes. Well, you do see it sometimes at a glimpse, but he's hideous. But there's heavily makeup on there. They did a great job of the makeup, probably as good as they could do, and the forced perspective shots and everything and the body doubles. But it's very inconsistent because there are shots where you watch it and you're like, oh, wow, that looks pretty good. That looks like a, like a little girl. And then... There are other shots where like, no, that's clearly a grown woman and there's none. How is she tricking these people? So to me, it was like a suspension of disbelief thing. That was the main difference between the two. But although, you know what? I say that, but then this happened in real life <laughs> because the story that this is based off, she tricked uh, families. She tricked the family that she lived with. She tricked the cops, you know. Uh, the second thing is like basically the tone of both these movies. So basically, the first Orphan has a 70s kind of classic horror movie feel. It's very meditative. Pacing is slower in spots. Orphan First Kill is has a more pulpy feel to it. It flies by faster. It doesn't feel like they're they're stretching anything out. It feels like they're moving from point to point until the, and they rush to the finale. Uh, also, another big difference on this one, too, is that the twists happen in different spots. In Orphan... One of the greatest twists in movie history happens toward the end. In Orphan First Kill, 
the major twist in the movie happens smack dab, like right in the middle of the movie. And then it just becomes, it goes off the wheels and becomes a completely different movie. And I don't want to give away what that is because that's kind of half the fun of it. Like the direction that it turns in the second half, I did not see coming at all. And it rivals the surprise twist of the first movie. I don't, I don't think anything could match how awesome the twist was in the, in the first movie. But now that everybody knows kind of like the, the story of it and the twists or what happened, especially horror fans, it's hard to duplicate that twist. So they go for something completely different in this one. Like we know who she is right away. Uh, both of them have pretty creative kills. And Orphan First Kill, there is a creative kill. This is like one of the only things I'll spoil in here is that the dwarf to kill a guard, she steps up on a chair and uses it to get uh, slightly higher than he is to bash his head into the wall. I thought that was pretty creative. Um, you know, Orphan, the the original Orphan movie, it shows kind of like origins of a serial killer kind of shit, even though it's like been embedded into her for a while. But it feels like it's sort of like an origin serial killer story because it is a child playing that part. So there's like cruelty to animals, things like that, that they don't show in Orphan First Kill. In both movies, she paints. In both movies, she tricks the fathers by bonding with them through art. In Orphan... The dad is like a basically like a designer. They don't really say like what Peter Sarsgaard is in that movie, whether he's like an architect or something. Looks like he's doing designs for buildings because when I was in school, we called the arch- architecture students used called Arca Torture, and they had equipment similar to what he's using when he's doing his designs. So she likes to paint and he likes to draw the designs. So they kind of bond while they're doing that. In Orphan First Kill, her and the father are bonding over painting. And there's also hidden layers of paintings in both movies. There's a regular painting, and then when a light turns on, it shows all this psycho stuff. Uh, so they, they cross that over into both movies. They actually do a pretty good job at taking things that they set up in the first movie or carrying them over into Orphan First Kill. So in Orphan First Kill, the the father has these, you know, he's like this famous painting. Why is it that, and by the way, in movies, that the parents in movies or the main characters in movies always have some kind of like an upscale hipster job, like they're a painter? Yet they're still kind of like sad or depressed all the time. And they can't do anything like, ah, I'm this painter that makes millions of dollars. And I just sit around in a room all day, but I have to find the inspiration for it. But they don't work like 90% of the time. And after five months, I'll be like, ah, I guess I got to do something now so I can sell something. I always wondered that. At least Peter Skarsgård has like a somewhat more realistic job for people to relate to as, a, as an architecture designer. <laughs> so... In both movies, uh, she tricks the psychiatrists that are there to analyze her. Like when serial killers are so cold-blooded that they don't have remorse or anything. They're just complete psychopaths. So their blood pressure doesn't raise or (laughs) they're able to lie so well that the psychiatrists or lie detectors can't even figure it out. An orphan, she manipulates the adults into harming her so that she can make herself look like the victim and so that she can get her away. And these are kind of like special powers for a little person serial killer to have, a dwarf serial killer to have, is to is to manipulate people in ways that you couldn't otherwise. This makes this gives her like a special set of skills, as, as Liam Neeson would say. Orphan First Kill is the only movie of the two that has actual dwarf tossing in it. I was surprised by this. I thought there would be uh, quite a you know because like when you watch Chucky movies. That's like the first thing you'll think of is like, why doesn't anybody just pick this doll up and throw him around? Orphan is quite adept at slaying people especially for her size. She's clearly got some crazy hidden strength, but she can still be tossed. She's still little and she can still be tossed. In both movies, she also puts a drives a wedge between 
the the parents, the mother and the father, so she can get the father on her side and make the mother look like the bad person in that situation. Uh, in both movies, she she excels at that because she's into seducing the fathers. That's her thing. In Orphan, she's adopted. In Orphan First Kill, she is comes back as the pretending to be the missing child that Julia Stiles and her husband uh, have this been gone missing for four years. So she pretends to be that missing child because she finds out that she bears a resemblance to her when she escapes from the loony bin or from the Sarn Institute. And that's why she decides to go there and pretend that she's that missing child. So basically in one, she's a missing child. She's pretending to be a missing child. And then in another movie, she's pretending to be like a child orphan. In both movies, Esther freaks out and goes into a rage when she's by herself. She curses herself for making mistakes and slipping, like not doing everything perfect. They carry that consistently through both movies, that she's a perfectionist. They do a pretty decent job with with continuity in uh, both those movies. In both movies, Esther watches the married couple get down with each other. So it's kind of creepy. Now, they go a little farther with it in the first Orphan movie, which is creepier because... She was younger at the time. I mean, they don't show anything, but they're, she dresses seductively in the first orphan and tries to seduce the dad towards the end of the movie when the mom is gone. And that I was like, I thought that was a pretty creepy scene. Of course, when it reveals it at the, at the twist that she's a grown adult at the end, it makes more sense. But um, they kind of go a little creepier on that angle in the first Orphan movie, in both of them, she's a great con artist, great at manipulating people, setting them up. In Orphan, she manipulates kids better. There's a girl that she's, there's like her new family in, in Orphan. One of them's a deaf girl. And I thought that was actually a really cool element to put into the movie because you have this deaf girl that she's using as her accomplice. And I believe the actress was deaf in real life from, from what I read. But Esther is killing people and she's using this deaf girl to be her accomplice, you know, threatening to kill her and her brother if she says anything. And the deaf girl, of course, who was seeing most of the things, can't say anything and has to only communicate through sign language. So I thought that was pretty clever, effective, and actually scary, too. In both movies, she wears a... Here's the most annoying part about both movies. She wears a beret that only grown hipsters with no better sense would wear. That's how you know that she's an adult. She's like, this is an adult with no sense. How often do you see kids running around wearing berets? <laughs> Orphan has a lot more jump scares than Orphan First Kill does, which surprised me. Uh, both have kind of shocking openings in Orphan First Kill. She slays a bunch of people at the loony bin that she escapes from. And in Orphan, Vera Farmiga has a nightmare pregnancy scene that's sort of reminiscent of Rosemary's Baby. But both are gory openings. Now, of course, like both of them kind of have a lot of the similar story points or or themes or or plot points. Oh, in both movies, uh, she steals a car as well too. But in Orphan, when she steals a car, that scene is much more intense. In Orphan First Kill, she's acting like an adult, so it's kind of more comical because she puts on sunglasses and lipstick and it's kind of smoking. Um, in orphan she steals a car drives it in oh no she doesn't steal a car she puts the she removes the brake from the car and the little her sister is in it going towards a stomach so you think it's going to be a big crash so she caused that um both movies she's pretty adept at slaying yeah both movies have like pretty crazy twists so there's a lot of similarities between the two but okay here's so here's bottom line here's my conclusion for it orphan it's like a classic 70s horror movie that doesn't shy away from the gore and has an insane twist. Orphan First Kill is more trashy and soap opera-ish. It has a more pulpy feel, especially with a 90-minute runtime, compared to an over two-hour runtime in Orphan. 
So out of the two, Orphan to me is the better movie. Uh, because it's it's very methodical, like the script is really good the way that it that it sets things up and builds to this twist that you just do not see coming at all. And it's a very effective kind of 70s style horror movie. I think it's a fantastic movie. And very different for its time when it came out as well, too. Of course, so was, of course it was going on the backs of like The Bad Seed, Village of the Damned, all those movies like that. But doing something, putting its own spin around it and doing something completely different, yet as chilling, if not more than any of those other movies. However, Orphan First Kill is more fun to watch. I mean, there's not really any wasted scenes. There's just scenes that breathe in Orphan. Whereas in Orphan First Kill, it just it, it, it doesn't take itself as seriously. Like It almost feels kind of like a midnight movie almost, Orphan First Kill does. Maybe you'd go see at the theater late at night where a bunch of people are drunk watching it and like a lot of audience interaction. Like if I were to like rewatch him again, like when I would go to rewatch him again, I would go to watch probably Orphan First Kill first, just because it's shorter. But if I were showing somebody, if like someone I knew had not seen either of these movies, I would show them Orphan first because of the, because the twist, especially if they don't know what it is, is just awesome. But I do believe that Orphan First Kill is a worthy successor in a completely different way than the first Orphan was. It feels like the first one, like a more pulpy version of the first one for the first half, and then it just throws a complete curveball and just goes completely off the rails after that. But I thought it was a cool way to do a sequel. They found out a way to make it similar, yet make it its own completely different animal with a twist that you will definitely remember. Maybe not as much as the first one, but you will remember it. It was awesome. And I think that's one of the best decisions they made was, was doing that twist that they did. Because otherwise, it just kind of would have felt like a stale retread of the first movie. And that's it for my comparison of Orphan versus Orphan First Kill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Dead Harvey Podcast. Until then, remember, stick to the road. Stay away from the moors. Mm-hmm.